potential for greatness lives within each of us. I dare. My name is Nikki Dare. I dare was born of personal hardship, triumph, and the desire to succeed. I dare, the acronym for integrity of diversity, adaptation, resilience, and empowerment is the hallmark of my life, derived from learning to evolve through difficult circumstances. Growth experiences necessarily result from these challenges. Without the obstacles, we never would know the true meaning of success or feel the exaltation of triumphing over adversity. My personal mission, therefore, is to help you encounter your purpose and live your best, best life by unearthing your inherent potential and finding joy in the journey. I did, and so can you. It's about personal empowerment and unlocking your inner potential. I Dare, therefore, is a way of life. Please join me to discover your inner potential by sharing some of our own challenges. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening and joining me today. Let's make it a blessed, joyful week this week. Thank you. Thank you for joining us at Nikki Dare Radio. Heard worldwide by millions of listeners with your lovely host, Ms. Nikki Dare. Our podcast hosted by Nikki Dare is your home for education to safety and survival, leadership and inspiration. Nikki Dare is the founder of iDare Inc., a registered 501c3 with its mission to educate and mobilize resources for preparedness and sustainability. iDare is a grassroots credo and personal mission based on its pillars of excellence, integrity, diversity, adaptation, resilience, and empowerment. Ms. Dare's personal mission is to help you encounter your purpose by unlocking your inherent potential and finding joy in the journey. Nikki Dare is the published author of The Audacity of Veracity, a columnist, women in the field of Western Outdoor News, California's publication of Fishing and Hunting. Ms. Dare is a certified firearms instructor in rifle, shotgun, and handgun, RSO, range safety officer, and CERT, community emergency response training member, a FEMA certified training, women's advocate, transformational mentor, and a seasoned BPR change management consultant since her early 20s in transforming companies. And decades later, she is reinventing her purpose. Nikki Dare's life has been spent passionately in helping others going through transformation, both personal and professional. And now, here's your lovely host, Ms. Nikki Dare. Selamat pagi, buenos dias, bonjour. Hey, good morning. As all I know, happy to be here with you all once again. Certainly we can learn a lot from some of these journeys of this fascinating woman. Welcome once again to our We Talk. I'm Nikki Dare, your host. Our goal is simple, to inspire, grow together and bring women across the globe collaboratively to let our voices heard in so many issues that we face every day today, sharing incredible stories of this woman's journeys to their continued successes, empowering women to break through their limiting beliefs and achieving their personal and professional goals. Mm. Our exclusive guest this morning, Victoria Strelnikova, hopefully I pronounced that correctly, has a background in organizational leadership, has partnered with several women's empowerment organizations and masterminds along with co-founding a nonprofit for young girls and has led 
mentor as well, a woman to focus on conscious goal setting and entrepreneurship that takes a more spiritual approach. I like that. She's an entrepreneur, facilitator, and a coach, a leader of over 200, 200 home-based business owners, an artist, and a human trafficking advocate. Her passion is all things women, empowerment, and empowering them to ultimately be in power with the belief that without exception, anyone can manifest a victorious life. That's great. I can't wait to hear all of her story. Let's help me welcome the lovely Victoria. Victoria, how are you doing, my dear? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much, Nikki. How are you? I'm all right. I can't <laughs> complain. You know, we got a sunny blue sky this morning in Southern California. Hey, thank you for joining us this morning. You're in Columbus, Ohio, correct? Um, I'm usually, for the last year, I've been in Columbus, Ohio. Right now, I'm actually back home in the San Francisco Bay Area visiting my, my mom and my home and my friends here. So my birthday's coming up and hers is too. We're just two days apart. So, um, so I'm out here for Happy a couple birthday. of days. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Happy 16th birthday, I should say, right? Okay. <laughs> 16th. <laughs> it's a little too young. I want to at least be legal. <laughs> That's right. I forgot all about that. Happy 21st birthday. Thank good you. To have, good to have you on our show. Uh, let's get started. Share with us a little bit about the background, why you chose this profession, your career. Yeah, you have quite an impeccable uh, accomplishment. So I like to start the show instead of reading the long bio, which I have done. I'm pretty sure that you have some other ones that I didn't probably um, you know, include. All of your accolades that I want to hear a story from you, a story, a journey that uh, represent who you are today. Story that, you know, um, why is it so important that for you, all of these things that you have done and that you're doing currently, that you would like to pursue such a professional career of choice? Yeah, absolutely. Um, happy to share that. Um, so I'll, I'll try to keep it as succinct as possible because I kind of ramble on in details, but, um, I'm originally from Ukraine. I was born there, um, came to the U S because my parents had the American dream. They were trying to escape the oppression of the Soviet union at the time in the late eighties, early nineties. Um, and so we came out here and pretty early on, my parents separated, um, which was actually a really good thing because um, my dad was a, a very abusive father. And so this really is a huge part of my story and my upbringing and why I do the work that I do now, um, having gone through um, physical, emotional, and also sexual abuse from my biological father um, really has had a, a great impact in my life and kind of who I am. Um, and then from there, my stepfather came into the picture and he was very physically, verbally, emotionally abusive to my mother. And so I really, in my childhood, I was, I felt like I was very much a victim because I could not defend myself. Right. And so things were happening to me. And then as I started to get older and got into my 20s, I perpetuated that because I constantly was looking for validation, love, and acceptance from a man. And because I hadn't had a good example of what love from a man looks like or how a woman should be treated, um, I put myself into very um, stressful, hurtful, painful, sometimes dangerous situations. And I, I felt very, I guess you could say lost. And so I just kind of wandered, <laughs> wandered the world um, uh, or the California at least. So I, I went to college. I didn't know what I was going to study, um, found sociology because I, I did always love kind of understanding people and, and their growth and development and how they interacted with one another. Um, and then left school and moved down to San Diego, had a boyfriend down there at the time who was in the Navy. And so I really lived that life of waiting for my sailor to come home from deployment. And just like my whole life and identity at the time was attached to a man again, right? And then left that relationship and moved back to San Francisco 
and was just kind of meandering and worked full time, hadn't finished my degree and uh, didn't really know what my purpose was in life. Only that I always wanted to help people and I wanted to serve, but I didn't know in what capacity. And so after about a year and a half of working, I decided to go back to school. And I thought, okay, I owe it to myself. This is also part of the American dream that my mom had for me, right? You go and you get an education, you take advantage of what you have here in America. And so then I just kind of plowed through um, getting, finishing my associates in sociology. Then I went on to get my bachelor's in sociology. And then I went straight towards getting my master's degree. And I felt like I really had a lot to prove because in my early um, college days, I was diagnosed with a learning disability. And so that was part of the reason why I left school. And then I came back to school. I felt like I had a lot to prove to myself and to the world. And, you know, some of it was some internal validation, some of it was some external validation. And I went to study organization and leadership, right as I was finishing um, my second AmeriCorps service term. And for those that aren't familiar with AmeriCorps, it's basically the Peace Corps, but within the United States. And so you're committing to community service for a year term at a time. And so I was working with children and helping them with their reading and literacy and developing volunteers and training them and whatnot. And I really wanted to make an impact in education. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to go get my degree in organization and leadership. Um, I'm going to work as an administrator in a college or university. And then from there, um, ultimately, I wanted to be a college president. <laughs> and I felt like that was going to be the only way I was going to be able to make an impact in the lives of young, young adults um, and really like serve. And so I, I tried to keep my classes pretty general um, to just kind of leadership, um, management and things like that, and not too, too focused on necessarily just like K through 12 or higher ed. And why I mention all of this is because a class that I ended up taking um, called Women in Management was a huge eye-opener for me, really changed my trajectory. In that class, I learned about not just women in management, but women in all sectors internationally and how far we've come and how far we still have to go. And literally, Nikki, like my eyes were this big. I was just like, because I, didn't, I had no education on it prior to that, I thought, okay, the ladies in the 50s and, or, you know, 60s and 70s, they paved the way and like, we're good, you know, we've got women's rights and we've got all this great stuff and everything's equal and fair and great. And what I came to find was, no, that's not the case at all, <laughs> even in the United States. Like, and surprisingly, um, you know, within government and, and some other sectors and industries, women are still tremendously behind men and we're nowhere near the the equality so that struck a chord with me and so since then um, and this has been now probably five six years um, I've just joined one women's group one organization um, after another helped co-found um, a, a nonprofit for young girls in middle school and high school. Um, we have kind of put it on hold for, for the last couple of years because everyone kind of got busy and, and all of that. But really the idea behind that was bridging the gap between the skills girls were going to learn in school and what they were learning at home. We wanted to empower them to have leadership skills, build their confidence, like really help them get to, um, get to be just young, vibrant, confident adults. Um, and so, yeah, so it's just kind of been like one thing after another. And because I had kept my classes pretty general in leadership and I just learned these kind of concepts and theories and ideas, I started to explore what are my options with what I've studied. And I had kind of gotten on this track of wanting to do HR because I thought that was the only way I was going to be able to do any kind of training or leadership or development. Um, and 
totally left the idea of going to a university, applied for a couple of places, almost got hired twice at Stanford, didn't work out. And I realized, you know, I need to be in an environment where I can be creative. I can be in charge. I've always kind of wanted to work for myself. I have a hard time with people telling me what to do. (laughs) And um, I just want to be free. And so with that, over the last few years, it's just, it's taken a lot of soul searching and a lot of like, you know, dismissing this idea, dismissing this idea, trial and error, and really just finally coming to a place where I'm like, I want to work with women. I want to work with young women. Um, I want to empower them. I want them to know that they can go from being a victim, whether it's self-imposed, imposed from someone else, to really giving them the tools. And exactly like you mentioned in your intro about this podcast, which is really empowering women to, um, you know, to break through those limiting beliefs and ideas and, and their past to create a victorious future. And it started with me embracing my own name. Initially, I thought I have a powerful name. It stands for life and for victory. And I want to embody that. I want to feel that every day. And then it led to, well, I want other women to feel that too. And so ultimately that's kind of how I've gotten to where I'm at now with wanting to help women and empower them. And I'm just really, really excited to be getting started with this, like really immersing myself into it. Um, So I hope that answers your question. (laughs) Yeah, it does. It does. You know, listening to your story, I think you're a remarkable woman, first of all, uh, to have gone through so many, um, you know, series of just abusive relationship in the family. Mm -hmm. I think that the self discovery is part of the healing process as well. Seeking inward, first of all, and you say, okay, who am I? You know, but you already have everything inside you already. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You just need, because you have been conditioned too, too long, too many years that you're not good probably, you're not this, you're not that. But then you're finding yourself through the process and you go, no, I've gone through this. I've accomplished this. I've already gone and I've seek other women and I've observed other women also. And then some of the issues is not that way. I mean, it is. We're, we're still so far away with a lot of issues, the woman in the woman's world as well. And then you say, no, I want to do something that's more impactful to other women. So you're finding yourself basically through all of that, right? Absolutely. So, um, yeah, some of the things that you have accomplished is remarkable. Now, tell us about creative entrepreneur, basically, right? And there mm-hmm. is an artist. What is that all about, the artist? So um, that's a great question. So I'm an only child. And when a lot of time, even, even though there were some years where my mom was married to my dad and then to my stepdad, um, neither one of them were around very much. And um, there were a lot of times where I was alone and I didn't really have a lot of people that I could share what I was going through. Uh, with. And so much so that I was even scared sometimes to share with my mom. And for instance, like the sexual abuse when I was a kid, my mom knew and, 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 and saw um, some of the physical and that was enough for her to break things off with my dad. Um, but she didn't know until years later about the, the, the sexual abuse. And so ultimately not having a lot of people to talk to and confide in. All of our family is still in Ukraine. Um, We didn't have a lot of friends or support here. And so what I ended up really turning to was art. And it was so low budget and so simple. Um, It was literally my mom buying me like, you know, like $2 watercolors with some like really cheap brushes. And she worked for- yeah, right. An right. Yeah, exactly. Also, let go of all of this sadness, uh, sadness, and you know, fear or any kind of uh, emotional uh, distress. There's always going to be an outlet. That. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So, heart. so you you become uh, attached to this heart because it's more like a uh, your safe bubbles, your safe zone, your safe. You know, this is my safe um, space, basically. You know, mm-hmm. because no one's going to hurt me when I do this, 
right? Mm-hmm. Yes, so I'm absolutely. Be <laughs> absolutely. Yes. And, and I just, I just did these little art pieces. They were like little colors here, there. And what's really remarkable, I haven't shared with a lot of people is when I was in elementary school doing my artwork, I actually was a little entrepreneur as well because I was hustling and selling those art pieces on the playground. And I was like, this one is five cents and this one is 10 cents and this one's 25 cents. I really like this one. And I was selling my artwork on the playground and then going before or after school and getting my favorite candy. Yeah. Getting my favorite candy or like slim gyms or whatever at the, like the local store. And somehow between now and then, like I kind of, I kind of lost that, but I didn't realize that my art was my therapy until I got into my bachelor's degree, like my program, the, the university that I went to, they actually were the first. And I think they're still the only college to uh, university to offer a PhD program in art therapy. And I was like, art therapy, that's cool. And then I also started getting some therapy to help me get through the things that I had been through in my life. And so I started incorporating that in a more like, I guess you could say like, uh, what medical or, you know, like more confined environment of like, okay, this is like real like therapy. Whereas for me up until that point and now it's just an expression but it was healing me exactly like you said. It was my outlet. Like nobody could tell me this was right, this was wrong. It I was just it was just pouring out of me. So I want to continue that. I also want it to be something that I'm able to raise funds to help, um, yeah. you know, donate to human trafficking organizations and and individuals that are working on that cause until I get to the place where I have my own. Um, company or organization or foundation where I could take that money that I earn from, you know, selling paintings and and whatnot and, and, you know, donate it to that. Um, So it's, it, it all kind of ties together, like the empowerment and the, the coaching of women, the artwork, which is my own healing, but also being able to offer that to other people to enjoy um, and to share creativity in the world, and then also bring in the human trafficking piece as well. So how, how long have you been involved with this, um, the heart, and then suddenly you, you said, okay, this is a great, great idea, because it is a healing. So um, how old were you when you are doing this heart? When I started doing artwork, the art? Yeah. yeah. Um, I... I was in elementary school, so I think I was like um, third wow. grade, yeah. fourth grade, fifth grade. Hustling. You mm-hmm. were hustling with that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Five mm-hmm. Just when you should be like, man, I was born naturally entrepreneur. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Passion, and then it becomes a money making career. And I wish you the best of that. Hopefully, it does. Thank you. It is an alignment. It is an alignment. But you know, most importantly, what we're saying uh, as an overall right now in the conversation, say, um, is your fulfillment inside that comes that 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 derive from the suffering, that derive from you know uh, the pain, and then uh, you and going through all of this, you know, self discovery, um, and then you become self aware, self love. This mm-hmm. is how I'm going to love myself mm-hmm. because this is how I'm going to do it. You know, and, 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 you know, you found the outlet, you found this and what are, I know this is early to ask you, but what are some of your personal advices now that we're in this kind of subject, the healing and everything, uh, advices out there to women uh, perhaps going through the same thing that we, um, that, that you have gone through, uh, you know, it could be someone's missing pieces and answers, uh, your story, your journey. What are the personal advices that you can offer to them? I think an abusive relationship, let's say. Mm-hmm. Oof. I know one thing that's helped me to literally, like, no joke, get to this place in my life to even just be alive because there were moments, there were times when I was very young, there were times where I was a young adult. Um, where life really didn't feel like it was worth living. And uh, there were those moments where I really felt like I just kind of stayed alive because 
I loved my mom so much. And I felt like, how dare I bring her that kind of pain? And so I think if you have anyone around you that you know loves you, it might be that moment to maybe think of them even when you can't think of yourself, if that makes sense. Um, like for instance, if you have, yeah, yeah. So like if you have, if you have children, for instance, right. Or if you have a, an, an elderly, um, parent or just someone in your life, just think like if, if something happened to me, what would that person's life be like? Right. And so it kind of takes you out of this bubble because what happens is when you're in an abusive situation specifically, the victim mentality and the abuse starts to overpower your consciousness and your thoughts. And so you start to believe that one, you deserve that abuse. And two, that there are no alternative options of living. Like that's it. That's your world. That becomes all encompassing. And so if you have even like a small, small hope of, I think there's more to this life than this, that's all it takes. Like, that's all I've ever held on to was like, no, ever since I was a kid, I really felt like, like there was more to this life, you know, or I have a purpose. Like there, there's just something there. And if that curiosity and if that desire is within you and you feel it even remotely, then pursue that. And what I didn't realize or know was there were a lot of resources around me, even though my mom and I didn't have a lot of friends or any family here. And sometimes it's just as simple as like literally walking outside your door and walking down to the police station or to a, or to a neighbor, sometimes even just a neighbor and just saying, Hey, I don't know, this doesn't feel right. Like, but this is the situation I'm in. Is there anything you can do or say or help? And I know that's easier said than done because we've been in situations where it was kind of life and death and you are truly scared of leaving the environment because that person can come after you. And my mom did have those kind of threats and was in that situation. And that's why she stayed a lot longer with my stepfather than she otherwise would have. But I would say if you have even a little bit of that voice inside you, just reach out to someone and it just kind of goes from there. It's like, it's one step after another and it's one more person coming in, one more opportunity, one more way to learn, one more way to grow. And it just goes from there. And I'm like nowhere near, you know, like fully healed and like this ideal version of myself, like I'll always be on that path. But I just decided that I have enough to share that I've gone through and enough that I have worked through that and I am on the right path, that that alone, I have enough to share with with women like we can, we can move forward. You know what I mean? Like, I, I hopefully I can share something that will strike a chord in them. Because Sometimes you just need to hear it from a different person, right? Somebody. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, a lot of a lot of women in any kind of situations like that, life threatening or abusive situations, relationship, they all somehow e- either in denial or they just felt like they're, you know, they're alone, mm-hmm. but they're not. The more that we have this, and this is why we have this kind of platform, that the more that we share our stories, and it's like, oh wow, she's been there too. Oh wow. I mean, that's kind of similar to what I've gone through. And then somebody's listening to this podcast, this um, sessions, and it could be, you know, they're going through the same thing, perhaps, and they don't know what to do. And this could be someone's answer, a missing piece, like I said. Um, very, 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 it's just very raw, you know, very uh, compassion also, of course, you know, what you've gone through, uh, the experiences and everything. The support system, for example, uh, is crucial, I believe, is crucial. And walking into a neighbor, I mean, what kind of respond um, is easier said than done, obviously, right? I do. I actually really do. I had a few of those moments when I was a child. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Wow. You're the second person who told me, third person who told me about this. Um, You actually saw yourself. 
Yes. Like I literally felt detached from this reality and from my body and felt like everything around me was completely strange. Um, there were at least one instance I remember in particular when I was very young where I was in my room and I felt like everything around me was unfamiliar. And I thought about the people that I knew in my life and I thought, I don't know who my mom is. Like, I'm so used to seeing her face and who she is, but I don't know really who she is. I don't know anyone. No one knows me. I felt so detached, like a complete out-of-body experience. Like, we get so wrapped up in our day-to-day life and we just kind of keep running and going. And when you have an experience like that, it really shakes you up because then you think like, whoa, this is all like some sort (laughs) of like, you know, like video game, like, like a simulation almost. And um, now as I've gotten older, I have it more frequently, but less intense. It's like little like moments where it kind of like disattach and then it comes back. Um, I, like I reel back in, like I, I go out and then I reel back in versus I think it was like one or two times when I was a kid where it was like really intense. And then what I happened at that, uh, what happened at that, the, uh, at that moment, if you recall, I just, I remember I was in my room and I was alone and I don't know like what was happening. I know my dad was already out of the picture, but my stepdad was still in my life. Um, Were you sad? Were you, uh, you know, maybe? Probably, I think um, so. Probably feeling. You were so sad? I think I was just feeling kind of hopeless. Like how, um, yeah, like what is the way out from this? Um, Why is this happening to me? Where is the way out? You don't have any answer. You're stuck. You're mm-hmm. in the darkest moment, perhaps. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. That's very, very, very scary. You know that. Mm-hmm. You're the third person that told me that, and I just want to get some some other perspective about this. It's like, is that really true? I mean, I gotta have to research that. But it it must be um something that you had um, you know um, I don't know. I mean, it's just. What did you see when you saw yourself out of uh, your own detached out of your body? Um, I, I mean, I still saw everything around me. It was just the world and life in general just felt like it was very um, just unfamiliar. Like it, th- that's that's the only way I can describe it is that it felt unfamiliar. It felt like like it's a movie or it's like, yeah, like I was saying, like a, like a video game movie or, or it's like, I don't know, just, (laughs) I I just felt really weirdly, (laughs) completely out of myself. Like, who am I? Like, who's this body? Just, I don't know know who it was. It was just like, oh my gosh, who is this girl, right? Who's this lady and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now let's go back to um, your, you know, leadership. You, you're empowering women. Where do you see yourself um, communicating or getting involved within that? How much, you know, the trans- transformation, I guess, uh, as coaching in leadership to this woman impact mm-hmm. to you? I see someone that's gone through something similar to me or like to whatever extent, whatever capacity. Um, one of the things I, I try to remind myself is that they are on a different journey than I am. And so yes. as much as exactly. I want, as much as I want and wish that I could just like make it all better for them and take away their right. hurt and their pain and um, give them the solution and it's just going to be perfect or they're going to be healed or whatever else. Um, that... There's no cookie cutter solution for everybody, right? No, I mean, everybody no, is, no. And it's a journey. A it's a journey for everybody's difference, different circumstances and all. 
Yeah, absolutely. Everyone has a different path. Everyone has a different journey. Everyone has a different timeline. And so I trust that right now we are meant to be in each other's lives, that it's not by accident and that it's on purpose. And so something attracted the two of us to one another. And so that's where I have the faith that the, the things that I say to them can hopefully help them steer them in the right direction. I also take tremendous responsibility and accountability for what I'm sharing, because if I have any kind of authority or expertise in that moment, then it, it can sometimes be life or death for, for people because I know when I've sought out mentorship or, or coaching or help or therapy in my life, I was in some of the lowest points where I was just like, this is like, I'm just grasping for hope here, right? That this is going to make a difference. So I, I don't take that, this work lightly at all. Um, But I also have to remind myself that I'm not like magic fairy dust where I'm just going to make everything better. And, and also part of it, just like for me, I'm constantly growing and developing and healing. Um, It's work that I have to show up and I have to do on myself. They have to show up and they have to do it on themselves too. Accountability. Yeah, it's accountability. And it's also just, um, it's, it's like, do you, do you want to change things? Do you want to feel better? Do you want to have a healthier, happier life? If you do, you have to put in the work, um, to, to have that. It's, it's not just, sadly, it's not just really given to us. You know, sometimes it's something you have to like really fight for in your life. And it's, it's you not have easy. to make a choice at the end of the day, you know, yeah. are they going to want to fix themselves? I mean, you know, you can say, you can guide them so much, you know, you can heal that, you know, through some of the process mm-hmm. uh, together with them. Um, any other thoughts? You've gone through so many things. I mean, you know, abusive relationship, uh, not relationship, but abusive well, relationship in the family. Um, and and I've gone through I've gone through some I've definitely gone through some verbal and emotional abuse in in my romantic relationships and that's right. where it's really crucial to do the healing and to at least this ties back to at least having one positive thought that there's more to this life and that there's more for you than what you're currently in because if you have that one belief, it can change everything. It could save your life. It can put you into healing um, opportunities. It can, it can attract the right people into your life. It's just um, will set you toward a completely different path. And so that's what's happened for me. It's just been more and more amazing people that have come into my life that have shown me what real love looks like. You know, they've shown me what non-romantic love looks like. They've shown me what it, what it means to, to have self-worth and self-value and, and to have confidence and to have standards and um, to not let people disrespect me. Because when you haven't had, like I mentioned uh, earlier, right, when I didn't have a good example from the two father figures, And then also my mom, even though I love, respect, and look up to her in so many ways, and now she's grown tremendously in her self-love, self-worth, like, doesn't put up with anything, like, is just, like, an incredible example of that. But back then, she was still very young. It had a lot to do with her up bringing and how you know the environment that she had at home as a young child and a young girl which just trickled into her young adulthood so with with that I didn't get to see what should a woman tolerate or not tolerate um, what is acceptable what are the standards what level of expectation should I have so I didn't I didn't see it in the household at all And then because I didn't have anyone really close to me, I didn't see it either. 
And so having to kind of seek that out and like be in situations where people are really nice to you and they're not trying to hurt you is really, it can be really awkward. It can be really awkward, like in, in friendships, in work environment, romantically, whatever, because you genuinely feel uncomfortable when someone is treating you right because you've been through some traumas in your life where it is life and death sometimes. And so you're feeling like, mm, this person is going to maneuver. Yeah. And then I'm still going to be hurt, abused, you know, threatened in some way. And so that really ties into fear as well. And I think that's, that's something that we talk a lot about in coaching. And it's something that we talk a lot about, um, with women as well, like overcoming fear. And it's interesting because when you've gone through some really, really tough life experiences, especially as a child, because it kind of molds you and shapes you, um, fear is different. It's not just, oh, someone's going to reject me. Oh, you know, I'm I'm worried what someone's going to think or I might fail or whatever. It literally becomes all encompassing. And when I was just getting out of grad school and I was joining some of these women's organizations and I was at a point, Nikki, where like I was so fearful that I was like paralyzed. Like I knew that I wanted to do more in my life and I knew that I wanted to serve and I didn't know how. And I was so scared, so scared. And it's because you not, didn't have any. Yeah, you don't have the solid serv- uh, support system at the time. I, I would assume, right? I mean, I'm talking about your family uh, and your home front. Uh, you didn't have the, the role models, and then you saw your mother uh, was to say was the the condition that she was in. And then you're doubting yourself. You've gone through so many things in your head. It's like, am I going to be okay? You know, you're doubting yourself at that time still. So you're still progressing at this time, right. at this moment. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, now, yeah, an out-of-body body experience. An out-of-body experience? Mm-hmm. Right. It was really deep when they shared this with me. And when they discover after that, it's like, that is the moment when I know I'm not having this anymore. Yes, mm-hmm. I am hopeless. I feel hopeless. I am, you know, I don't know what to do. I don't have the answers. I'm alone. No one's helping me. But then they realize, no, I can't. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to make it work. And that's where it starts the self-love, the self-awareness. Mm-hmm. I, were those women adults when that experience happened? Were they, were they were they already adults? Because oh, see, yeah. My, oh yeah, see, gone, my my situation is a little the, bit. They went through the abusive relationship as well. Exactly, abusive relationship as well. Yeah, so I think my situation is a little bit um, unique in that I was I was still a kid when that happened. When I had those experiences, and one in particular, like I was in elementary school. No. I was in middle school. So I truly was still at a point where even though I had that kind of epiphany and huge moment, there was still not a ton that I could do or have, or like personally have control over. I couldn't just be like, no, like this isn't, this isn't working. And so I can go out and change it. It did empower me to some extent, though, because I can say that I did start sharing a little bit more with one of my teachers. I know in seventh grade in particular, I had a teacher who I kind of shared with her where I was at with what was happening in at home and the thoughts I had on like taking my life and the fact that I was becoming more vocal about it and sharing ended up saving my life and helping, I think also my mom to find her strength and her courage to know that the situation she was in was not only hurting her, but it was really deeply impacting me. And I was too, um, too scared to share that with her because I didn't want to put more stress and strain 
And obviously she was in a, you know, she was in a teacher role where she had to share that information with my mom. Right. So in some ways, I think now as we kind of explore this and talk about this more, and I really haven't had an opportunity to talk about this particular thing and how it had a ripple effect, but I think you're helping me realize like this huge epiphany of it, it did empower me a little bit more because when I was in elementary school and I was being, I was the one being abused. I suppressed a lot of it, but at the same time, I also didn't because I was kind of a bad kid at school. And with that, like I would get in trouble a lot. I would talk a lot in class. And ultimately what I was doing is I was trying to get attention but nobody took the time oh, yeah. long enough to figure out yeah. that it's not Victoria just being a bratty kid. Maybe Victoria's going through something. And this is why it's really important. Like when you're interacting with children and even adults, the people that act the crappiest are the most in pain. The person that's the rudest to you and the meanest to you or cuts you off or does whatever. They're the ones that need the love the most. They're the ones that need to be seen and acknowledged and loved and, and comforted the most because they're crying out for it. And then middle school and high school, when it was me watching someone else be abused and it's someone that I love with all of my heart and soul, then it's like, oh no. Oh no. And I think, I think ultimately that side of me, maybe that's a personality trait because that I did have since I was in elementary school that I had since I was a kid. If my friend was being disrespected, if they were being talked down to, if they were being abused or hurt in any way, I would take a bullet. And to this day, I will take a bullet for someone because I will be that black sheep. I will be the one to speak up for you. I won't always be the one to speak up for me though. And that's even how I broke my leg in first grade. <laughs> like right before first grade, my friend was falling off the monkey bars and I went on the monkey bars to go get her, wrapped my legs around her so she wouldn't fall. And I'm like, I'm not going to let you get hurt. Well, we ended up eventually falling together anyway. And she got up, no problem, no big deal. And for me, I was screaming in pain because I landed wrong and I broke my shin. So I've always had that. So that I can't quite explain, but it definitely, I think this detachment and this out-of-body experience, I think definitely you're right. It probably propelled it more because it made me more vocal of like, I don't, I'm not afraid. I'm not as afraid to share this information and to get help. And when I really look back throughout my life, there were stages where I either, I always had my mom, thank God. Um, but I always had like, maybe like a counselor or a teacher at school that I did feel comfortable enough to kind of share to some extent the things that were going on. And that has gotten me to where I am now at all stages of my life, elementary school, middle school, high school, college adult life, all of it. So um, that just kind of, I don't know, escalated. But I, I think you're right. It definitely empowered me to just be more vocal and not afraid um, of what the consequences would be. Yeah, because I, I know that the consequences could only really, like, I, I started to believe that there was more possibility of there being a positive outcome versus a negative deadly outcome so. because you've been pushed that far already so right. what could go wrong right <laughs> you've been pushed that far already right mm -hmm. when you've right. been pushed that far already and it's like okay how how much worse can it be <laughs> right right um are there any exciting plans that you have? I, I know that we're running out of time a little bit here. Are there any exciting plans that you have in the near future, Victoria, that you want to share with our listeners out there? I know you have, uh, you're involved in this uh, nonprofit as well. And tell us something, maybe book, maybe, um, you know, any other exciting plans out there? You want to share anything with the audience or our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I, I think I'm trying to think of like, what are the best, you know, some initial steps with coaching I've dived right into doing one-on-one. Um, I think I really thrive with that, with small settings, either facilitating workshops and I've done a few of those and then also doing the one-on-one coaching. So right now that's kind of my main focus and really helping women to look at creating goals, but not so much goals, really tapping into what their vision is for their life. And so it's a little bit of a different exercise when you're trying to um, really find your vision in the different categories of your life, like your physical wellness, your mental wellness, your, your finances and abundance, your relationships, your mission and purpose. And um, so right now, I think with it just kind of still being the start of the year, the focus naturally is let me work with you to guide you to not just talk about resolutions or goals and take this like hyper masculine approach of I've got these deadlines and you know and I'm a I'm a loser I'm less than if I didn't achieve what I said I was going to achieve and the time I said I was going to achieve it but instead like really going inward and taking time to reflect and see like no I actually have a picture I have a vision for my life and that's something that I'm going to always be working towards but let's see what action plan we can put in place to make it happen you know, this year or in the next two to three years. So right now that's the main focus. Um, I went from thinking I am completely, and I think women in general kind of suffer from this thinking I'm not good enough and who am I to, to do X, Y, Z. Right. So I went from thinking, who am I to like write a book or share my story or I'm not uh, far along enough or whatever else. Right. And then a few weeks ago, I just sat down at a cafe and just all this stuff like poured out through me. And I just thought, like, I have so many like little stories and little themes and vignettes that I could share. Um, So I don't know, maybe this year I will write a book because it it would almost be like little blog posts. Um, But yeah, I think really working on the goals and vision, maybe a book and just, just really just putting myself out there and just letting women know that um, they, they can have a victorious life. And also I've gotten back into the human trafficking work. And so really looking to network people with people in that space, bring awareness. I just did a Facebook live last week, really sharing some of the statistics and just educating people on it. So that's what I'm going to be working on. And I'm still at a place where I'm just kind of finding my voice and my, I guess, brand, so to speak. Um, so all the best is ahead. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think uh, a couple things for me, too. Um, you know, if I may offer information, refer you to people that are listening to this who are seeking your services, perhaps, mm-hmm. you know, whether it is video coaching and all of that. How can we reach you? Uh, websites, um, mm-hmm. social media is huge. Like you say, you did, you've done your Facebook Live. But how can we reach you? Websites, anything? Tell us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, my website is being developed right now, being built. So I don't have that um, ready and, and available. Um, so I would say the best way to reach out to me would be through Facebook, actually. Um, or you can email me. But Facebook is great. It's Victoria. Strelnikova, S-T-R-E-L-N-I-K-O-V-A. Um, I am in Columbus, Ohio right now. I don't know if that'll pop up, but even just friend requesting me and sending a message to say like, hey, um, I listened to the podcast and I'm interested in, in, in connecting with you. Um, or even on LinkedIn, um, I have a really okay. comprehensive um, you know, profile on LinkedIn. That's a great way. Again, just connect with me, send me a message and let me know how you found out about me. Um, and then on Instagram, it's the underscore victorious underscore one, and then the number one. So the victorious one. Um, but you can, again, you can type in Victoria Stronnikova and it'll come up. Um, so I would, I would say social media is really the best way right now as I get my, my website up and running. Um, yeah. So, and I'm, I'm on there. I'll see the notifications and 
if it doesn't go through on one of them, try another one. <laughs> so, yeah. So that'll be. Do you find, yeah, do you find the social media pretty effective and how to reach your audiences as well, your clients? I'm growing that. Um, I haven't, you know, I haven't studied all the like algorithms and best things to post or do or say or whatever. Um, but I think it's a huge opportunity for sure to yeah. just spread the message and connect with women or with people in general. Um, I don't think it's necessarily going to be a plat like platforms where I'm going to you know, blast people and, and say, you know, hire me or come work with me. It's more of just because, because social media is almost like, yeah, it's almost like the news now, right? Like you can, you can find out all your news on Facebook now. Um, so I think it's just great to just spread positive message, you know, and I want to, I, I, I would love to, to work on interviewing women and, you know, having them share their story, how they went from being victim to victorious and, and sharing just more of my story. I was, I really quick, I'll tell you just this, uh, this afternoon I was meeting with a friend and we were talking about social media and it's the highlight reel, right? It's always like, everyone's dolled up, perfect, happy. This is how amazing my life is. These are all the empowering things you should do and say to have a great life. And you don't see the behind the scenes of like, well, today I had a really crappy day or, you know, things like that. And so it confirmed for me even more to do more of those videos. Like a year ago, year and a half ago, I did a video where I was pretty much in tears sharing that my grandma had passed away and that I was having a really hard time. And I had such an overwhelming response, not just for support for me, but for people sharing, you know what, it's so great. I appreciate so much that you shared your lows and not just your highs, because anyone can root for you when you've in your highs. But when you've got people that can relate to grief and loss, can relate to, you know, the trials and tribulations of life, where I did another one in, I think, November or December, I had just gotten out of the gym, hair in a bun, no makeup, glasses on, and just shared with people that I had hit some lows in, in 2018. And I was recalibrating and I was really starting fresh people resonated with that. It's not always being all dolled up and, and sharing all the like happy, empowering stuff. It's, we need to really connect with people and show them that we're human. So I want social media to be that. <laughs> I want to share that. Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, interesting things going on in social media. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a stigma that women should be acting certain ways and say certain things and, you know, respond to certain ways. Uh, and then the, the, the be you yourself, be yourself um, is, is almost like facing out. And when people show all of this nice and great, I mean, you know, sometimes I do the same thing too. But, you know, I come out there and I'm holding my big fish and I look like chaotic. <laughs> or I go out there with no makeup or anything like that and this is how I look. <laughs> or I want to, you know, because that's, you've got to have to have the balance uh, to show who you are, to be authentic, to be original. I, I absolutely agree with you, Victoria. And you know, I think I like that line that you just said. Um, you got you got to meet Victoria to be victorious or whatever way that you said a while mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. That you, that you want to have your own uh, interviews with people. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just to share, you know, just give women a platform to share how they went from being victim to victorious. Like, what was it in your oh, life that you were going to Victoria? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... What, what was it that you went through where now you are feeling victorious or successful? And that's whatever that means for you. It's like when people ask, like, what does success mean to you? I think the same thing goes for victorious. What does victorious mean to you? Does that mean that you don't have any pain? Does that mean that you have a great family? And does that mean that you just you know, broke through a mental barrier in what you had as far as your earning potential. And now you're making six figures, seven figures, you know, it's what it's whatever victorious means to you. So um, I know for me, it's just less pain and more love and just just feeling like, yeah, just feeling like there's so much to this life. Like we just get around some some good energy people. 
and people that have some, some good morals and some good standards and can show you the way and um, just feed off each other's like positive energy. You know, for me, I want to share my story, but I also want to connect with people like Nikki Dare because that's just another woman that now I know for the rest of my life that I can connect with that I can support what she's doing. We can, maybe we'll collaborate. Absolutely. Maybe, you know, Absolutely. maybe I have, yeah, maybe I have an event that I'm invited to and it's a, it's a scheduling conflicts, but I'll say, Hey, you know, I have a woman that you should definitely connect with instead uh, all kinds of different opportunities. And so just, just say yes, you know, say yes to life, say yes to meeting people. You never yeah. know what a com- where a conversation will lead you. And I didn't know what this podcast was going to look like or sound like or be like. And I just, I just said, yes, you know, I just took my friend's recommendation. Thank you, Rachel Brooks. I love you. You're awesome. Um, and I just, She's awesome by the way. She's yes. amazing. Yes, so, yes. Just like you. I, you know, with that Thank said, I, I, what I had in mind as well, I, when I was listening to your story through, throughout the podcast here, I really would like you to, to be one of our speakers this year. Uh, I have to check the schedule and then, of course, you know, ask you what, what your availability uh, look like. Um, to be speaking in front of other women as well, obviously, because I, and this is a story that, you know, something that will resonate to all of us. Well, all of us need to listen to hear such inspiring, like you said, we feed up from each other. Um, we are, after all, we women are the catalyst to greater things in this planet, whether we know it or not. So we just keep going, you know, keep sprinkling that love to everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for that invitation. I wholeheartedly accept and would love to help and support in any way I can. So thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. So, Nikki. <laughs> oh, we're, we're going to stay connected for sure. Uh, because I, like I said, we, we need speakers. We want to see you speak in front of other women as well. This is such an inspiring story. Thank you so very much, my lovely Victoria, for joining and sharing your inspiring story. And I know it's resonating to a lot of women out there. Like I said, um, these are, you know, stories that may be and could be someone's missing pieces, you know, out there looking for answers, right? Absolutely. Thank you again. I appreciate you very much and the work that you're doing in the world. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Likewise, all you do, continue what you do. And the best in your ventures, many, many other things to come in the near future. And work on that book. And for our listeners, if you enjoy listening to this, please do post and share this podcast to everybody, to others. You know what to do. Share it, like it, tweet it, Facebook like it, all those fancy stuff that you do every single day. It feeds your soul and feeds the souls of your friends and others around you. See you next time on We Talk, Women Empowerment, with our goal to bringing women empowering other women to break through their limited beliefs and achieve their personal professional goals. Healthy mind, I say this once again, always I'm going to say this, healthy mind promotes healthy body. Thank you so very much. Deeply honored to meet you, lovely guest, Victoria. Until then, this is Nikki Dare, your host. Stay vigilant, stay safe, and collaboration not competition. God bless. Thank you, love. God bless. You too. God bless you. You have been listening to Nikki Dares Radio. 
a podcast of sustainability with your host, Ms. Nikki Dare. To learn more, please visit Ms. Dare's websites, education.nikkidare.com. Workshops on safety preparedness, situational awareness are available. Also available, the Transformational Coaching Series. For corporate and private group pricing, please contact us. She also offers both private and group classes in firearms training, handgun, rifles, and shotgun for individuals and families and home invasion scenarios and her other outdoor activities and her passion for fitness and upcoming classes. Please visit her website. Follow her on LinkedIn and her social media, Twitter, Instagram, Google+, Pinterest, and Facebook. Or simply watch her tutorial videos. You can subscribe to her YouTube channel, Nikki Dare. All about her books and inspirational quotes can be found on her website, books.nikkidare.com. Check out her newest website, travel.nikkidare.com, for all travel resources, savings, and tips. Her calendars, both of living in purpose and passion, as well as her exclusive edition of Firearm Safety, are available for order on her website, NikkiDare.com. All of her broadcasts are available for free download on iTunes podcast, Nikki Dare. For more details on opportunities for sponsorships and speaking engagements, please email us at education at Join her next time, living in purpose and passion. Our mission is to live a sustainable life with your host, Nikki Dare.